From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. I am your baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks, also your tour guide through the wackadoodle world of Joe Biden's America. And believe me, my friends, we've had quite the weekend, to be sure, as we start a new day and a new week of adventures in podcasting. Uh, and before I get into uh, what I wanted to get into today, some breaking news, folks, that just came across the wire not too long ago. Apparently, Florida Congressman Matt Gates from Florida's First Congressional, which is out in the panhandle, has apparently made it known that he wants to run for Florida governor in 2026 after Ron DeSantis's uh, term is over because he'll be term limited out. So this is quite a bit of news, especially since he's spending uh, a lot of his time these days being the protagonist for House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and trying to get our nation's fiscal house in order and it is not nearly as easy as you might think because it's certainly uh, not <laughs> oh it's certainly not looking good right now for McCarthy because there are at least at the moment of this particular uh, recording there are 15 declared Republicans who will not I repeat, will not vote for a continuing resolution. And that essentially kills anything that McCarthy might have, which could very easily force him to go to Akeem Jeffries and the Democrats to get votes to pass any type of uh, continuing resolution, which would not bode well for the Speaker because I'm firmly convinced that Matt Gates will pull the trigger and say, hey, he will file a motion to vacate the chair and go after McCarthy's speakership. This is just beautiful because right now, uh, we're now at the 18th of September. We have 12 calendar days to get this thing straightened out because everybody's running around like chickens with their heads cut off. It's like, oh no, we can't have a shutdown. We can't have a shutdown. That's Democrats and Republicans saying that because the Republicans are just weenies because they, they know that the mainstream media will blame them for anything uh, about... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it'll be anything, you know, just to, uh, you know, to get things back in some semblance of order. I mean, regular, I mean, they've only passed one of the 12 appropriation bills that constitutes regular order. This is ridiculous. I mean, seriously ridiculous. But, you know, 
Okay. You know, considering what we've already gone through in the first eight or nine months of McCarthy as speaker, the debt ceiling deal that never should have been, we're at $2 trillion in deficits like right now. And more coming down the road. I mean, for people who get all, you know, who may not be, you know, they don't want to hear about the budget and all that. I said, this is the easiest way that I have discovered, oh, excuse me, that we have to deal with this because when you have $5 trillion coming in, but $7 trillion going out, that will speak to anyone. So wait a minute, we're putting out, we're spending $2 trillion more than we're actually taking in. And apparently that's going to be the way it, it is for this year and next fiscal year and $2 trillion deficits in perpetuity. Uh, no, that's the best way you'll know about, uh, <laughs> that's the best way you can deal with this, with this budget. We have to get federal spending under control. If we do not, well, we're just going to have ourselves one heck of a time while we, uh, <laughs> as we watch our economy just go kaboom and spiral down into a complete and total nosedive. And yes, Republicans, some Republicans, not all, but some irresponsible Republicans, along with the Democrats, will be responsible for this. Okay? It's just the way it is. So, my friends, uh, so that's kind of the uh, interest sort of the interesting news of the day um, but let's take a look now uh, before we get into the rest of all the fun uh, we just simply uh, ask you if you want to send us questions comments shout outs what have you you can email us at in black and right at gmail.com or go to our website in black and uh, we've got some great stuff going on, and we're going to be doing updates over the next 24 hours. So it's going to be a hoot. It's going to be a lot of fun. But as we continue all the fun from the weekend, oh baby, certainly um, one of the big stories, and I think it's bigger than uh, you might think it is, but the acquittal of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. All 16 counts, all 16 articles of impeachment, he was acquitted on, all of them. So now, this does not bode well for the Bush family. Sorry, yeah, you, we're gonna have to bring them into it because they're the ones and all of their establishment rhino friends in the Texas legislature yeah, they were responsible for this mess. And now, because of the grassroots Texans who got on the, who called their senators and said, hey, this is crazy. 
he didn't do anything wrong. And given the major league screw-ups of these quote-unquote whistleblowers who admitted under oath that they had no evidence when they went to the FBI to make these allegations, blah, blah, blah. And to his credit, Ken Paxton got one serious uh, bulldog of a lawyer, Tony Busby. He was the lead defense counsel. But I, I want to play a little bit of him uh, as he was making his final arguments before the deliberations. So here, just, I love this. It's not very long. It's about maybe a little over a minute, but you got to love this. This is cool. There's no evidence to support any of the articles. That means there's no evidence to support any of these articles. These are thrown in later because as you deliberate, there's going to be somebody say, okay, you're right. There's no proof of that. But, but, but we got this article. We're just going to, we'll use this to get him. We got to get him. We got to get him. Don't do that. That's not based on evidence. And that ain't the way it works. Just throw it at the wall and hope something sticks. That ain't the way it works in court, and that should not be the way it works in a historic impeachment proceeding. It holds no water. So why are we here? We're here because Dave Phelan got his feelings hurt. He was so drunk, so drunk handling the house business, knowing full well that they had no evidence to support an impeachment and they hadn't done their homework. When Ken Paxton says, hey man, you embarrassed the devil out of yourself, you should resign, they sped up the process and impeached this man. Well, folks, that really sums it up. <laughs> now, Dade Phelan, if you don't Dade Phelan is the Speaker of the Texas House of Representatives. This dude is a white-hot mess. I mean, white-hot. And there have been YouTube videos of him conducting the business of the people of Texas, and he's pretty much, well, drunk. I mean, like, kind of blitzed out of his gourd. And, yeah, I mean, and all these people in the Texas House and who were pushing forward on this and pushing forward on this ended up with a whole lot of egg on their face to make God knows a few omelets and a frittata. It was horrible because now that Paxton has been acquitted, there is fallout, folks. I, and, and I'm not really that surprised because now the Texas GOP are pretty much in a civil war. You have Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who presided over the impeachment trial. He's calling for a constitutional amendment to avoid any future impeachments like the one of Ken Paxton. That's bad enough. Number two, now that Paxton has been acquitted, he's back and he is loaded for bear and he's going right after the Biden administration 
And he tells them in a letter to quote unquote buckle up. I'm thinking, great, that's going to be intense. Uh, but also, Attorney General Paxton is going to address the nation soon when he speaks with Tucker Carlson. Now, you know, folks are going to be uh, looking at that. Uh, number Another uh, sort of fallout from this, you now have members of the Texas House of Representatives who are calling on Dade Phelan, the speaker, a Republican, to resign because of the Paxton verdict. Because people were just played and he got all upset that Paxton had called him out for his uh, lewd and drunken behavior uh, while he is the the speaker of the Texas House. I mean, that's stupid. I mean, that's just plain stupid. And of course, the Bush family's not particularly happy either because people who are who work for the family or have connections to the Bushes, they wanted Paxton out and they wanted him out bad because George P. Bush, uh, the last of the Bush line who went against uh, Ken Paxton in the primary uh, for attorney general and got clobbered 68 to 32 percent. So that didn't that didn't set well and now the grassroots the MAGA grassroots in Texas have scored a huge victory and frankly Trump once again had has destroyed the Bush dynasty uh, and he supported wholeheartedly and endorsed Ken Paxton uh, in the Texas primary so this is just crazy, you know, but I'm glad it happened the way it did because Trump, once again, is on a streak. He is certainly on a winning streak. Now, last Friday night, uh, Trump did a doubleheader in D.C., two major policy speeches to two separate organizations in one night. That was pretty amazing. He spoke first to the Concerned Women for America and a conference that they had. It was, and there were candidates there as well. Uh, but Trump was, of course, the headliner and the rock star. Then he went over to the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit that was put on by the Family Research Council. And Trump was, well, Trump. <laughs> and they loved it. And they totally, they totally dug it. Certainly, one thing that Trump did announce at the Family Research Council uh, event that he didn't do, uh, I believe, with the Concerned Women for America, he Trump has announced that if elected, he will be, or when he's elected, he will put together a task force that will quickly go through all the cases of all the political prisoners, January 6th, uh, pro-lifers, so on and so on, and to decide whether he grants pardons or 
commutations of their sentences because this is just going to be ugly from here on out because Trump is now, again, his legal team is trying to get Tanya Shutkin, the judge in the January 6th case, and apparently the trial is supposed to start the day before Super Tuesday next year, March the 4th. So, yeah, he's like, no, you need to recuse yourself. I mean, frankly, she does. Because her reputation, what she's done to the January 6th political prisoners there in the D.C. Gulag. I mean, this girl has got problems and conflict of interest written all over her. But, hey, Jack Squat and, you know, the Trump manhunter, who is good, he's just out there for, he's out there for blood. He's a killer. He's just ready to go and just put Trump through the meat grinder because, frankly, this whole 14th Amendment stuff that some of these mega Republican mega donors are financing, uh, nope, sorry, it doesn't have any legal or constitutional uh, oomph to it. it you, he, you can't bar him from running. You already have Raffens, the Secretary of State of Georgia, Raffensperger, who said, nope, we can't remove Trump. Uh, from the ballot next year. Same thing in New Hampshire. Uh, their Secretary of State, nope, sorry, we're, we're, we're not going to do that. We can't do that. And But there are still going to be people who are going to try, and frankly, it's going to blow up in your face because real constitutional scholars have looked at it and they just know, uh-uh, it ain't happening. It's just not happening. So there's that, uh, all that fun that's going on. Uh, <laughs> oh, mercy. Let's take a look. Uh, all right. Now, interesting, <laughs> ah, interesting thing that's happened, uh, especially, you know, recently. We've, from the National Pulse, uh, there are some great stories and it's not looking good for my governor i'm like dude governor DeSantis, what are you doing you're not gaining any momentum and this and because this week instead of being in tallahassee taking care of the business of florida he's in texas on a fundraising push for his campaign now it's not boating well right now because this morning um, story from CNBC uh, and uh, the National Pulse headline early DeSantis donor backs down blast unclear campaign now this this billionaire money manager Ken Griffin an early supporter of DeSantis has now said, uh-uh, nope, sorry, the, the bank is closed. He will no longer be donating to DeSantis' campaign. This came, uh, this news came this uh, earlier today on CNBC. So that doesn't exactly help. So now here's 
DeSantis, God bless him, but he's just, you know, just not, it's not a lot of good news for Governor DeSantis. Another headline from the National Pulse. Headline, Trump has two times the Iowa caucus pledges as DeSantis, despite being outspent five to one. That doesn't help either, Governor. Sorry, you know. The nail in the coffin is pretty much just about there, and we're only about, what, three, three and a half months away from uh, the Iowa caucuses? That doesn't help either. But this one, whoo, this one makes me really wonder. Now, uh, this, is, this is pretty much the cherry on top of a very twisted Sunday. Headline from the National Pulse. DeSantis fundraises with rhino impeachment donor who works as a foreign agent. Just the first paragraph of this just makes me go, what the hell? Now, Ron DeSantis, and this is from the article on National Pulse. Ron DeSantis is attending a Texas fundraiser hosted by Lamar Smith, a former Texas congressman who is now a registered foreign agent and also a donor, donor to Democrat politician Jamie Raskin, who led impeachment efforts against Donald Trump over January 6th. I'm like, what? Really? So you got this guy, Smith, former congressman. Now he's a, for, a registered foreign agent. And, he's, and he gave money to little Jamie Raskin, who was part of the January 6th kangaroo court. Along, of course, with Shifty Shift, um, and Liz Cheney, loser, and Adam Kinzinger, loser again. So yeah, so that makes me wonder, it's like, who, and apparently some of the people who are in Texas, who are going to be attending some of these fundraisers uh, for Governor DeSantis, also have connections with Dade Phelan, the aforementioned Speaker of the Texas House of Representatives. So, whoa, we got some really interesting, freaky, funny money. I'm like, what? I mean, it is. And, and yet, here's, here's DeSantis on his way. Boom, 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 And he's just, it's all good. You know, it's totally good to him. And I'm like, what? No, thanks. So that, that kind of makes me a little crazy. But it does get even crazier uh, in some ways. Now, kind of along the line of what happened with Ken Paxton, this is another reason, this is one, probably the biggest reason why... Uh, the establishment and the Bush uh, guys uh, wanted to get rid of Paxton because of the border. That's right, border. And I wanted to play at least some of the audio from 
Ben Burkwam, great reporter for Real America's Voice, who's been down on the border multiple times with his uh, journalistic partner, Oscar Blue Ramirez, and they're reporting from Panama, the, the Darien Gap. So, yeah. So, here we go. Uh, a little bit of audio uh, from Mr. Burkwam down in Panama. Never seen anything like this. It's a sea of people. Look at this. Look at this. All the way down to the river, guys. Thousands, 4,000 in one day. And Rajas Blancas just being completely overrun, guys. Completely overrun because the Secretary of Office and Joe Biden. Democrats did this. Kevin McCarthy, what are you doing to stop it? chance to see I did this on the in black and white daily so you can see the video of this you might not you may not be able to quite hear it the same way but still this is insane and this is just Panama they are well on their way to the United States 4,000 people all heading to the US in one day because we have Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas opening the borders for everybody and their first cousin, unvetted, everything. It's just, and of course, throw in the news last week from the Inspector General's report from Homeland Security saying that there is no, they are absolutely unable that's Homeland Security, Mayorkas, the whole bunch. They're unable to track these illegals, uh, many, many of them, uh, because they usually are giving phony addresses because somehow they know that when Trump gets back, it's going to be mass deportations. That hasn't been done in a long time, but it needs to be done because it's not helping anybody. It's not helping any American city, any American state. Every state's a border state. Every town's a border town. And this is nuts. And now, of course, if you kept track of the, <laughs> the bald black buffoon of a mayor of New York being uh, <laughs> Eric Adams, 
He's got problems. The city's overwhelmed. They're not going to get a federal bailout. Same in Chicago and same in other cities, other sanctuary cities, including Los Angeles. And even the, the L.A. mayor, Karen Bass, is concerned that Governor Pack, uh, not Pack, Governor Abbott of Texas is going to send over a whole bunch of these migrants, these illegal immigrants, to Los Angeles. But Los Angeles is a sanctuary city. So is Chicago. So is New York. The interesting thing that they all three have in common is that, yes, they are run by Democrats, run by open borders uh, progressives, and they're all black. Now, this caught my attention because it's not just those three cities. I mean, but they are the three biggest cities in the United States. And yet, you got black folks running them and running them into the ground. Now, not to say that I'm being unfair. There are a bunch of white folks who are screwing it up, too. Like uh, <laughs> Ted Wheeler, mayor of Portland, Oregon, who recently announced after two terms he will not be running for re-election. Wonder why, Ted? Is it the fact that you turned your hometown, a city I lived in for over 40 years, so I'm not just saying something, you know, without knowing, because I know what I speak. I still have family there, but Ted Wheeler, you took your hometown and you turned it into a cesspool and a hellhole. You had all kinds of crime, especially homicides, going up. You, you've let Antifa and BLM run the streets. The city council is as feckless as you are. And the same with the Multnomah County Commission. And I'm like, no, sorry. Is it, I'm not, I have no sympathy for you. You need to leave. You need to not run for another uh, four-year term. Because frankly, all you've done is screw things up and you might, and you better be ready to pretty much move out of Portland because there are some folks who are not particularly happy with you. I mean, they're just not. And, and of course, trying to be reasonable with Antifa and all the other wackadoodle uh, anarchists in, that, in the city. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got hurt because of that, buddy. So pretty much, yeah, uh, you're done. And I'm glad you're gone. Same with, same with um, Mitt the Twit Romney there in Utah. Thank you for doing the, uh, the people of Utah a huge favor and, and getting the heck out of Dodge. But, my gosh, but I, I don't want to go today without bringing up this story. This is from Birmingham, Alabama. And oh my gosh, this is absolutely one of the most dingiest things I have ever heard. Now, in the civil rights era, Birmingham was very important. The state of Alabama was very important. There was a lot of violence in Birmingham no thanks to George Wallace, the mayor, uh, not the mayor, the governor, and other things that happened. Now, 
the new mayor, uh, the current mayor of Birmingham, Alabama, is a guy named Randall Woodfin. He is black, and he's got to be Democrat because of some of the really dumb things he's said. Now, in a commemoration ceremony for the ex the bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church in 1963, which was horrible, uh, it was it was just straight evil done by the Klan, but the mayor speaking at the ceremony commemorating this said and here's the the headline citizens of this country are still disenfranchised from their constitutional right to vote end quote and i thought to myself is this guy really serious about that you know sorry no 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 mayor woodfin it is painfully obvious you do not understand the history of your party. Now, your Democrat friends tried in the 1960s to kill the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Southern segregationists and racists. Yep, a bunch of them. And there were a lot of them, and they were Democrats. Now, Lyndon Johnson, LBJ, did at least have enough sense to, if he couldn't get help from the Democrats, he went to the Republicans. He went to Everett Dirksen, who was the leader of the Republicans at that time, and got the Civil Rights Act passed, in spite of the poison pill amendments that the Southern segregationist Democrats tried to put in it. And same thing with the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Hello, Mayor Woodfin, take response. You have essentially become a member of a party that you believed the crap that has been put in your head. You dipstick. Disin Republicans are not disenfranchising voters. They never really have. And for you to go there and scream about, oh, we're still disenfranchised. Well, it's not the Republicans' fault, you doof. I'm so sick and tired of listening to people like this who are so think they're so smart and you've ignored history. This is all, what I've said is all provable. Look in the congressional record. Be, don't be intellectually lazy, sir. I hate people like when they do that. Especially black folks who scream about, you know, they're, they're putting out the same idiotic talking points that are all wrong. And somehow they think if they yell and get angry enough that people are going to just simply back off. I, however, will not. History is still history. You can have your own opinion, but you can't have your own facts. It's provable. It's, it's documented. And to do something like that, something that dumb, commemorating a very violent event 
in the in the civil rights era. I mean, I was born a year after that. But still, sir, to say something that asinine when you're not even paying attention to the history of the party you have sworn your allegiance to. That is insanity. Einstein's definition of insanity, when you do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. No, this is not propaganda, dude. Do your homework and learn that your Democrat friends are the ones who tried to make your life, your parents' life, and your grandparents' life an absolute living hell. So get, so this is what just makes me crazy when I see supposedly intelligent black folks do stupid stuff. Ugh, can't handle it. I just simply cannot handle it. And I just cannot back off when I hear this. So, ugh, I don't know. But, ugh. My friends, I'm just going to call it a day. This just makes me crazy. But, for sure, my friends, um, I would encourage you to subscribe and follow us. Uh, subscribe to the audio uh, podcast. We're on all podcast platforms, big, small, and in between. You can also follow us on Rumble, uh, our video channel. Uh, you can do the same, just Join, follow, get notified, and all that. And again, thank you once again for helping make In Black and Right a top 20 podcast in the black conservative arena. I am grateful for that. So my friends, for now, take care of yourselves. Have yourself a good rest of your Monday. I'll be back tomorrow. And until then, as always, Patriots come in all colors.